A 16-year-old boy is brought to the GP by his mom for a six-week history of unusual behavior. She says he has been mumbling to himself. On physical examination, the patient appears to be responding to internal stimuli. He is prescribed an agent for his condition. Four hours later, he returns to the clinic with a crooked neck. A second pharmacologic agent is given. Which of the following best describes the molecular effect of this second agent? Choice A. Increased CAMP. Choice B. Increased CGMP. Choice C. Increased IP3. Choice D. Decreased CAMP. Choice E. Decreased CGMP. Choice F. Decreased IP3. Okay, so this question, a bit easier than some of the recent ones I've been making. Um, if you're looking at this and you're like, what the fuck, just don't worry. Uh, this is a simple concept on G proteins that once you get under your belt, not a big deal, okay? So this kid has schizophreniform, which is going to be uh, between one month and six months of psychotic symptoms, okay? If you're under a month, that's brief psychotic disorder. One to six months, schizophreniform, greater than six months, schizophrenia. I have seen this description of patient appears to be responding to internal stimuli on NBME questions as reflective of auditory hallucinations, okay? And the mumbling to himself, that's auditory hallucinations, classic for psychosis. So he's prescribed an agent. We obviously don't know the exact agent, but when we talk about antipsychotics, uh, they're D2 antagonists. We classically use second generation first. There's no strict rule. If you get a USMLE question where you have to choose an agent uh, such as haloperidol versus aripiprazole, hal haloperidol being a typical first generation antipsychotic, aripiprazole as, an, as just one mere example of a second generation or atypical antipsychotic, you're going to choose the atypical in the USMLE, okay? Um, so we can just infer that he was given some sort of antipsychotic, a D2 antag antagonist. Four hours later, he has a crooked neck. This is referred to as torticollis. This is acute dystonia, okay? A crooked neck torticollis is acute dystonia, which just means you have increased muscle tone, which is uh, a known side effect of antipsychotics acutely, okay? So you can have muscle rigidity as well with no fever. If they say an antipsychotic is given, they say muscle rigidity, and then they say temperature 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, answer, acute dystonia, wrong fucking answer, neuroleptic malignant syndrome, okay? If they give you a fever, yes, that's NMS, muscle rigidity with no fever, merely acute dystonia. Students fuck that up, okay? So torticollis, uh, they can also mention oculogyric crisis as part of acute dystonia. They'll say abnormal eye movements. Students somehow think sometimes that that's tardive dyskinesia. It's not the same thing. Tardive dyskinesia will be abnormal tongue movements generally or lip smacking, and that will occur usually months to years after uh, commencing antipsychotics. It's not going to be acutely. Acute dystonia is hours to days, okay? So for acute dystonia, once again, torticollis, crooked neck, oculogyric crisis, abnormal eye movements, and muscle rigidity without a fever, okay? So how do we treat acute dystonia? Classically, benztropine. That's our go-to agent. It's an anti-muscarinic. 
It's a selective M1 blocker, muscarinic 1 receptor antagonist. Sometimes benztropine is not listed as an answer, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, where's benztropine? You can sometimes use a first-generation H1 blocker, histamine 1 receptor antagonist, which, such as diphenhydramine or chlorpheniramine, which these first-generation H1 blockers have such nasty anticholinergic side effects, anticholinergic and anti-muscarinic, same thing. These anti-H1, or sorry, the, the first-generation H1 blockers have such nasty anticholinergic side effects that in the treatment of acute dystonia, that's interestingly a good thing because that's what we want to antagonize to begin with, okay? There's a lot we can talk about as far as how the first generation H1 blockers are used. I don't want to get too tangential, but my point is that when we're talking about what's this second agent that was administered, we should be thinking benztropine. And if not benztropine, it's going to be diphenhydramine, okay? So benztropines are default here. It's an M1 receptor antagonist. So we say, well, how does M1 relate to these variables, CAMP, CGMP, IP3? Have one M and have one or three MMs is the mnemonic for G alpha Q G proteins. This is going to get very fucking confusing very fucking fast if you haven't heard of the G proteins before and how they relate to uh, the, their respective receptors. Otherwise, this is an easy question, okay? But have one or three MMs H1, so histamine one, alpha one, vasopressin one, M1, M3. Okay, muscarinic 1 and 3, that's your G-alpha-Q. If you agonize G-alpha-Q, we are going to increase inositol triphosphate, IP3. And in turn, we could have increased diacylglycerol, okay? Increased phospholipase C activity. If we antagonize G-alpha-Q, so we antagonize M1, we said benztropine is an M1 receptor antagonist. If we antagonize M1, we are antagonizing G-alpha-Q, therefore IP3 decreases, diacylglycerol decreases, phospholipase C activity decreases. So our answer here is decreased IP3. Okay, not fucking hard, but it can be annoying and complicated if you haven't heard of the G proteins before, okay? MAD2s is the mnemonic for G-alpha-I G proteins. Muscarinic 2, so M2, alpha-2, dopamine 2. Okay, so G-alpha-I, if you agonize those receptors, we're going to decrease CAMP. So when we talked about antipsychotics before, such as haloperidol or zeprazidone, okay, if we antagonize D2, we'd be antagonizing G-alpha-I. We just said that if we agonize G-alpha-I, we decrease CAMP. So if we antagonize G-alpha-I, we're going to increase CAMP. Okay, that's a hard one. So if we give an antipsychotic, the result is we increase CAMP because we're antagonizing G alpha I. So if you know have one or three MMs is G alpha Q and you know MAD 2s is G alpha I, you can just say, well, the remaining receptors are G alpha S. G alpha S increases CAMP. It's the opposite of G alpha I. So beta 1, beta 2, uh, histamine 2. Uh, dopamine 1, vasopressin 2, okay? Those are some that agonize uh, G-alpha-S, all right? So that's this short clip here. Uh, 
kind of a lot mixed in there. Um, but your take home is just this is schizophreniform and it's psychosis between one and six weeks. And we would treat with an antipsychotic D2 antagonist can cause acute dystonia as an extrapyramidal side effect. And acute dystonia, we treat with benztropine, a muscarinic receptor antagonist uh, specific for M1. And if we antagonize uh, G-alpha-Q, then the result is going to be a decrease in IP3. Diphenhydramine, a first-generation H1 antagonist, can also be used for acute dystonia if benzerpine is not listed, okay? So that's it for this question. Obviously, I'm going to make more content. If you liked this, subscribe to my channel, and I appreciate your time. That's it.